Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, with your host, Rob Snow White. morning it is monday the 18th of september it's a bit breezy out right now here in rutherford fairfax it's mostly cloudy and i'm gearing up to go probably do my last wet waiting trip of the year we're gonna knock out a bucket list item today myself and dan briggs you may remember him from some title potomac fly rotters podcasts we did the lancaster fly fishing show together years ago where we stayed in an Airbnb with professional international women's field hockey referees. And we also have done some recordings up at the Somerset show, but we've never fished together. So Dan and I decided to take this late summer trip up to Little Falls. So today it's been really dry. It hasn't rained kind of since April. And the Potomac is super low. It's gone up a bit. It was at 2.4 a couple weeks ago. Now it's at like 2.7. Little Falls normally is underwater, but I'm guessing that today it's gonna to be above water and we can access it and see what it looks like, see what the fishing is like, find out why it's such a dangerous spot. Um, legendary, it just kills people of boats going over it. I know people have taken inflatable rafts over it. 
That's kind of crazy. So we're going to go check it out today. It's only about, I don't know, 17 minutes without traffic on my GPS right now. I've got my wet wading boots. I've got a six weight and I'm just going to take my whole backpack full of gear. I'm not wearing a cowboy hat because it looks pretty windy out. And I probably should be wearing my yellow coastal lenses, but I'm going to go with my normal ones. So I'm going to go jump in the Xterra. I've got my wet wading clothes on, couple layers because it's cold out. And we're going to go see what this adventure has for us. I've never been up here. I've tried getting clothes before. I've never made it. And today's the day we're going to go gallivanting up through D.C. and Maryland. I hope this comes out with all the wind. If you were three feet away, you wouldn't be able to hear me right now. The gusts are around 15 miles an hour. We are above where the Sino Canal dumps in, so that was a little sketchy walking across. Because the water's so low, everything's just covered in this slime. And I am wearing flats boots, not boots made for traction. Now that the leaves have dropped a bit, you can see some of the ridiculous mansions that line this stretch of water. The one I'm looking at now probably has 300 steps up the hillside. And by hillside, I mean the canyon of the Mather Gorge. And because you have this drop in elevation is why this water in the main branch gets so sketchy. And that's where the girl drowned yesterday. So we are maybe a third of the way there. Luckily, we're just gonna walk the shoreline. There's big flat pools here, but they're all ankle deep. Normally this would be great wet wading water and I'm just gonna walk past it because it's pretty shallow. My fly line, I did determine that it was on backwards. So in the middle of the river squatting down in ankle deep water, I was able to pull all the line off my reel and reverse it. That's benefit having a bimmy twist on your backing. I lost my leader and fly, so I had to tie that on in the middle of the river. And now I'm up here. It's pretty cloudy. As you can hear, the wind is kind of raging. Sight casting's not gonna probably happen. Probably should have done this last week when it was 100 degrees out, but I'm having fun now. I don't have to worry about getting dehydrated. I'm just gonna fish a chartreuse popper from Beer Tie. If he starts sight casting, I'll change it up, but I want something that's easy to cast and retrieve and it's not gonna get caught in all this nasty algae down here. So I'm gonna pause put my phone back in my backpack. I've already shed one of my long sleeve shirts from all this walking and we're gonna keep working our way upstream and, and see what we can find. It's about 1.30. I'm on top of Little Falls Dam right now. Someplace I, I've tried to get to since the 90s and I just caught a huge smallmouth on a black woolly bugger. Dan's outfished me so far. He's landed three is odd get out fish but i caught the biggest one so far and we're just gonna go down this piece of concrete it's gonna be about 120 yards and fish the water below it the water above it's big and slow like a normal above a dam water and then below it is just rocky riffles apparently full of smallmouth today um it's pretty beautiful out here i gotta say there's one house that's all glass just looking out on us it's kind of criminal that they have this view the river here is probably half a mile wide is definitely low. There's definitely skeletons of animals, turtles and fish along the shorelines where the water's been low and critters have been able to grab them. So I'm going back to fishing, less talking to you because I could talk to you when I get home, but I'm here to fish now. 
I'm back home now and I can give you some answers. Yes, a woman drowned above Chainbridge yesterday. It was very tragic. Her name was Ella Millis. She was a Trinity College student, a native of Ireland. She was going to school at Columbia University in New York, and their whitewater kayaking club came down to D.C. This was a freak accident. The water is super low. It's why we're out on the river. And places that normally aren't exposed and that are dangerous were now exposed, and not enough people have kayaked in this low water to know where the dangerous spots are. She got caught. Part of her apron, I believe, was caught on the rocks and she was unable to free herself. People weren't unable to free her and she drowned. A 20-year-old young woman at the start of her life. It just reminds you how dangerous this river is. And I just happened to be setting up my gear in the parking lot when the Channel 4 news crew was there and I asked if they were there to film about her drowning. And they asked me if I was a kayaker. I said, no, I was an angler. I told them I was a professional fishing guide and podcaster. And the podcast I started because of her coworker, Adam Tuss. She interviewed me. I talked about the dangers of the river. I would love to be on the news talking about happy things and the awesomeness of the Potomac and the tidal Potomac fisheries we have. But this was an unfortunate event. And we're going to play for you at the end of this podcast my interview in the whole segment from Channel 4. I happened to watch that news station. It's the only news station I get. And it was pretty neat to be on it. But again, not for the good enough reasons. And everyone tonight at 6 o'clock started texting me. And it was blowing up on Facebook. And, and people saw it. And uh, Yeah, not the way I want to be on the news. So Little Falls, where is it? What is it? Why is it so dangerous? I'm going to tell you now in case for some reason you want to go out there and explore it at low water conditions. It's not going to happen again this season. Little Falls Dam is also known as Brookmont Dam. It's a low dam on the Potomac River. The dam was built in 1959 to divert water for the water supply system of Washington, D.C., just below the Mather Gorge, about two miles above Chain Bridge. The Potomac is about 1,500 feet wide there. The 14-foot or 4.3-meter dam was constructed by the Army Corps of Engineers, which is responsible for the D.C. water supply, which had to go into reserve water this year because of the low precipitation. The dam contributes roughly 15 to 20 percent of water intake from, from the Potomac to the Washington Aqueduct, rising to 30 percent in time of drought. The dam blocks fish migration routes several miles below their natural end at the Great Falls of the Potomac River. One of the books I read for my striped bass thesis in college, and I read about it on this podcast, was people used to, the Algonquins, they used to just lasso sturgeon at the base of Great Falls when they were trying to migrate up to spawn, and they would lasso them and 20 people would pull them out. They used to dip net 50-pound stripers regularly at the base of the falls. This dam was built, it's the second iteration of the dam that was built there, and it's blocked all fish migration. The dam was built with a fish ladder on Snake Island, which is in the middle of the river. A fish ladder is a series of adjacent pools, each of which is built slightly above the preceding one, so the fish can climb from one to the other until they reach a water plateau. The Snake Island ladder didn't work. They rebuilt one on the Virginia shoreline a couple years ago. I personally have never seen an anadromous fish between Little Falls and Great Falls, and I've never heard of anyone catching an anadromous fish, be it a herring, a shad, striped bass, now snakehead, sturgeon, 
uh, what else is migratory? The needlefish, the white perch. There's all sorts of fish that come up in the spring, and that is their new dead end. The dam has been termed the drowning machine in recognition of its dangers to boaters and swimmers who can be trapped in the flow at its base. One person called the Little Falls a dam designed to kill people. Water sweeps over the top of the 14-foot dam, drops on to two feet, and slides down a concrete incline. The water circulates back over itself, creating a deadly current which can trap tree trunks in midstream for months. The dam is one of four most dangerous points along the 11-mile stretch of white water from the Great Falls to Chain Bridge. Signs warn boaters against entering the water along this stretch of the river. The dam was altered in 2000 to improve fish passage. The profile at the base has also been altered to reduce the chance of swimmer entrapment beneath the surface. If you are planning to go there in a low water year, be careful, be safe. I'm not taking the liability if you go out there and get hurt because you heard it on my podcast. So let's get back to the fishing right now as the wind picks up and Dan and I are catching more fish. It's 1.36 now. We just caught two more smallmouth. Both of them jumped in the water. It's pretty awesome up here, I gotta admit. A little upset I haven't done this sooner in my fishing career. So I'm gonna take off that black bugger now and I am gonna put on something a little more strange, obnoxious, artistic, avant-garde, if you will. And we're gonna see if we can get something on the jiggy fly, something a little heavier. And just have some fun out here. It's, it's a beautiful day off. Dan's sitting down on a rock, having a conversation with his fly box. The Crelux is doing well for him. And I don't know, I could do another 30 minutes of this and head home and enjoy my afternoon. It's wonderful to be out here. The drive was 17 miles from home, and I haven't caught this many smallmouth this close to home in a long time. And you can hear the water maybe lapping on the other side of the dam behind me from the wind. And then the downwind downstream side is all nice and calm. But still no sign of anadromous fish or snakeheads or big cats. Just smallies so far. We're walking through a stand of pawpaw trees on this little sandy island. And Dan's rod tip popped off. It is really dark back in here. And we are tiptoeing around so we don't step on it. I'm hoping to find it sooner than later because there might be some mosquitoes and other creatures back in these dark woods that I don't want to tango with. We called it. I caught one little smallmouth walking out just below Little Falls. We don't want to walk the half mile or so all the way back down the riverbank slipping. So that's where we're in the woods bushwhacking our way out. Still no sign of the rod tip. There's plenty of other garbage back here. Things that wash down in floods. There's a huge rotten pawpaw on the ground. Pawpaw's uh, fruit looks like a squashed tennis ball. A couple of big black seeds in it. The inside tastes like a banana custard. Like the Nilla wafer pie almost. And I am just about to the spot where I realized Dan's rod tip had popped off. And I don't see it. So I am going to do another double back down to Dan. Yeah, there's plenty of plastic that has washed in with floods over the last who knows how many floods through here. It is dark. And I don't think we're going to find his rod tip back here. 
even though the sun just came out, that might help a little. We did not end up finding Dan's rod tip in the dark woods. The sun did come out, made the woods a little less dark, but we just couldn't find that tip top piece. It was a little sketchy going through there. There were pawpaws falling out of the trees right next to us, almost hitting us in the head. We had to cross another sluice coming down from the canal, but we made it back to the shoreline and went overland the rest of the way back in chest deep grass that I was scared we were gonna flush some animal out of. It was a fun day, it was hot, killed my bottle of water when we got back, shook hands and took off, Dan had to go to the Nats game. So it was a fun day, stayed mostly dry, stayed out of danger, lost a rod tip. Don't even think the top of my socks got wet when they were pulled up to my knees today. Super fun. Unfortunately, now we've got to go to the sad part. I'm going to leave you now with the NBC4 story about the woman drowning. If you have any questions about this stretch of the river, you can look me up. You can look on Google Maps. Just put in Little Falls, Washington, D.C., and you can zoom in. You'll notice that the part we were on is underwater. So I will make a quick video of this and post it to my YouTube. I also have some pictures on my Instagram. And that is the podcast for this week. Thank you for downloading. If you want to help support me, you can go to my website and then click on my Etsy link and buy some really cool flies. If you're doing some fall steelhead, I'm tying up some absolutely stunning swinging flies, some hobos. That's it for me. Let's go to Channel 4 News. Around 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon, Ella Mills from Columbia University was kayaking with fellow students. The Montgomery County Fire Department says her clothing got caught on a rock and she was trapped underwater. First responders say several people tried to pull Mills out, but the current was too strong. It's very deceiving. In some areas it looks calm, it's not. If you're uh, brought even a foot or two underwater, it's like having 500 pounds of pressure against you. One fisherman tells News 4 he spends a lot of time on the banks near this stretch of the Potomac and he feels it's incredibly risky to get in the water. I see near-death experiences on a daily basis. You have to have speed dial ready to go for the park police because you don't know if someone's going to drown. And this is daily during the springtime. If you or your loved one is going out on any type of water, kayaking instructors say preparation is key. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. This podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. 
brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.